Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it's great to be with you. Today, we're continuing our self-care series where we're talking to people from varying backgrounds and fields of experience about their life experiences and what they've learned over the years, particularly around this area of self-care. And so today we have with us Ryan Bowers. Ryan is an organization development specialist in county government, and he owns his own consulting business where he helps organizations and individuals unleash their full potential. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Great to be with you. So we thought it might be helpful to begin by getting a bit of a window into your world. And so perhaps you could start us off by telling us a little bit about what you enjoy, about what you do, and what you find more challenging or draining in your experience, in your work. Yeah, thanks for the question. So I spend a lot of my time working with individuals or groups of people. So my work in county government is largely based on um, engagement with uh, individual folks doing leadership or organizational coaching with them or groups of folks that come together to form different teams. And so it's, it's a lot of people dynamics and a lot of people interactions and so I, I enjoy that people space or my career has largely centered around similar spaces of engaging groups of people or individuals. So I find that super rewarding. I really love to get to know people for who they are and trying to see the unique gifts that they bring into this world and what they come into space with. And, and then the interesting dynamic of the different groups, whether it's an organization and what that culture is and looks like, feels, or a unit, work with a lot of different units or teams of within organizations. And so what that, the culture of that unit is and how it works together, how it relates. I think I find the greatest joy, this just happened yesterday where I was working with a team of people and there were some dynamics in the group that were tricky and people not fully understanding each other, not knowing how to move forward in the strategic planning initiative that I'm leading. And it was really interesting just to be able to sit back and listen and hear where they're at and then piece that apart. I find, and I got a text from one of them uh, later on the day just saying, thank you so much. And I said, you're welcome, but tell me specifically about what, what helped so much. And just unfurling those dynamics and figuring out how to help people see each other, how to, how to help people hear each other. That's super rewarding to me. Challenges definitely can be people's baggage that they bring into space that they don't think they're bringing into space, the way they show up and in the workplace, when you're managing people or working with people, you're always managing their stuff, right? And the lives that they're living outside of that, maybe they had a, a tough morning with their kiddo or bad commute or their mom is dying of cancer, whatever that thing is, they bring all that to work. And we try to encourage in the spaces that I'm in, we do show up as our full selves. And yet that doesn't give us the right to just act however we want. So we want to bring our best self into the space, our real self, but also our best self into into that space. So that can be challenging at times. So. Ryan, it's interesting hearing you talk and so much of your work is around others and groups and self-care. There's your own personal self-care, but then what it's like to, to navigate the dynamics of, I'm sure you're hearing so many people, like you're saying, especially with government, and maybe that's my misconception, but when I think of government workers and organizations, it seems like they're often overworked, underpaid, that sort of thing. And so I'm curious, what does self-care look like in those contexts? And, and you can answer that from a personal perspective or what you've noticed in these group dynamics that you work with. Yeah, it's encouraging that. Thanks for that question. It's encouraging that in the 
pockets of sort of government that I'm working in, there is an increasing awareness of and need for self-care and empowering our employees with self-care tools. So we just did actually a, a training for 50 different kind of higher level managers. It's Google's search inside yourself program. And so if you, if you look it up, it's, it is developed by Google to help Google employees lead better. And it's all self-care mindfulness based. So that was a two-day workshop we, we did about three weeks ago. And there's other initiatives that we're doing at the county government level to help give our employees the tools to do self-care as they're engaged. You're, you're right, Christina, they're overworked. Their caseloads are often really high. They're stretched thin. And so giving them little practices that they can do in the middle of that busy and often emotionally exhausting reality. Some of the folks that I help coach and work with are folks on the front lines of foster care and, and having to transition kids out of really difficult homes, or it's, it can be a really emotionally exhausting space. Uh, some of the business organizations that I coach, is the stress of building your own business and keeping things moving and things are moving at hundred miles an hour. That self-care component really is key because when you're in the storm of life and when everything is going on outside of you, that finding ways to protect your own soul, your own heart in the middle of that is, is critical. So those tools, I just, it's so essential. So in my work at the county and in my consulting work, just helping offer those tools. For me personally, I, I think it really comes down to managing my own inner world, right? And learning over the last decade or so, really pressing into many spaces related to managing my own self, growing internally so that when I show up in space that I bring a sense of calm, I bring a sense of peace, I bring a sense of safety into that space to create a, an environment where other people can dial down, where other people can that just turn off the fight or flight and go into more of the rest and digest and reflect space. And those tools for me are it's just a standard, try to get really great sleep at night. Often in the middle of the, one of the, one of the just tools that I use that sounds so simple, but is really profound is uh, the, the minute to transition. So anytime I'm moving from one space to another, I do my best to, even before this podcast, just took a minute. I texted you guys, Hey, I'll be a minute late. And uh, I was heating up my espresso and just moving out of the busyness of my morning into a uh, a centered space where we could be present with each other it, and that it really works and i invite folks of you know meetings that i'm leading hey let's take a let's take a minute to arrive and and and, and process and come into this space with um, intentionality and uh, aware of what we're bringing in so we're not dragging in our entire morning or our stress in this space and even really just simple things like that can really transform a uh, i'm really interested in and, and do a lot of work around culture and environments of workplaces i did work in uh, one of my master's programs around psychological safety. How do we create psychological safety for people and in work environments? And that, that's a that's a big one. Ryan, I'm assuming there's been a journey for you in all of this that maybe at some earlier time in life, the concept of caring for yourself was maybe different. And this has been an area that's evolved. I mean, you're speaking so well about all these things that you do to care for yourself and to care for others. Has there been journey? Is there, was there a process to be had in all of this? Yeah, it's interesting. Chris and I were chatting a little bit before we started the podcast, just about how the trajectory of many men can be, and, and forgive me for working in binaries, because I, I don't always like to do that, but the traditional sort of masculine ascension is marked by drivenness, success, 
Yeah. And so my, my twenties and <laughs> teens and twenties and early thirties were definitely marked by drivenness and just sheer effort. It feels like looking back and self-care was not uh, a regular part of my personal routine. It was just like, how much can you fit in one day? How much can you do? How much can you achieve? How much can you, how fast can you go? And I grew up in a home too, where it was like, you didn't admit weakness. You just kept going. And so, yeah, it's definitely been a journey. And I think I hit a period when I was 30 where I just straight up burned out and was, I was in bed for months, about six weeks. And it was both a physical from overtraining. I was in a, into fitness hard at the time in part to take care of my body, but then just over, overdid it. And then just burned out in this organization I was building at the time. And so that really gave me a, a window into, oh, wow, I can't keep going at this pace. This is not sustainable. And, and then I was, it was just so beautiful to have sort of mentors around that time that speaking the language of self-care and speaking the language of you're not a, you're not a robot, Ryan, you're a human being, and we need to care for our human being selves. And so that language was so new to me. And since then really been, yeah, a trajectory of growing in that and identifying it more and understanding it more and implementing it more. And really again, over the last decade, integrating that into my own personal life and joyfully you know, when possible, helping coach others in the spaces where I get to, that it's not just about growing your business or growing your organization or figuring out the best strategy for this thing or that thing. It's about the way we do it, how we move through space, the culture we create around our lives, the safety we create with our employees. And the beauty of that is that there's so much that can emerge then when there's health and vitality in any organizational culture. Innovation, people feel safe to show up as themselves. Google found in, in their research that when people felt psychologically safe in their work environment, innovation just like blows up because people can show up as their true authentic selves. They can, they can dissent, they can share concerns. And it's a really great space just to be human and then let our human creativity flourish and we feel better in a non-toxic work environment. Yeah. It's definitely been a, an, an area of growth for sure. Yeah. I love the, the story that you shared, Ryan. And I'm thinking of a book and an, an author. I don't know if you've heard of da David Wyatt, the poet. Oh, so, David Wyatt. Are you yeah. kidding? He's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I was just reading that. his anthology River Flow last night, actually, around the fire. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, I, I am reading Consolations, but yeah. I was reading Crossing the Unknown Sea, which is a work as a pilgrimage of identity. And I think that's a, a lot of the language that you're using is from some of his work. And it is. if we let our work be this place where we discover who we are and whether it's like the good of who we are and also what we perceive as maybe the negative, like the things that I, I think these terms good and bad, or I think what some person might deem as bad is actually a really great thing for us. Yeah. Uh, I, I really love that. But as Thinking about your pilgrimage, thinking about work and discovering who you are, when it comes to thinking about self-care or going forward, is there anything that you're hoping to add or try in the future? Or are there perhaps things that you would go back and say to your younger self, hey, let's, let's think about this. What emerges for you as you think about those things? Yeah. Let me comment first on Crossing the Unknown Sea. And so crazy that you brought that up because that book, when I was 30 and I was burning out and 
I then took a sabbatical several years later from the work I was doing at the time and read Cross to the Unknown Sea during that sabbatical. And during that time, realized that I, I no longer wanted to be in that profession, that it was a trajectory that I had followed because I thought it was, it, I thought it was the best iteration of the dreams and sort of goals and values that I had for my life and realized like, oh, that was okay for that season maybe, but that's not where I want to be anymore. And so I made a huge life transition based on reading Crossing the Unknown Sea, truly. And it yeah, gave me language to be able to identify. I think that, and as I'm coaching people in, in life coaching, I, I will use uh, David White stuff regularly. I'll have them all in my number to read Crossing the Unknown Sea. I just borrowed, I have six copies that I float around to people and had somebody reach out to me a couple uh, days ago and said, okay, I'm going through this kind of midlife crisis. Can you help me work through this? And so that's one of the books that I'll recommend along with uh, Martha Beck. I don't know if you guys know Martha Beck, but Martha Beck's a big favorite of mine and uh, The Way of Integrity. Another person that I really love is Byron Katie, the work of Byron Katie. And I, I think even that just uh, on that question of what I tell my younger self, I, I think I tend to move through life now just having so much space and, and grace for my younger self that we only know we know when we know it. And I think my self a decade or more ago would have been hard on myself of, oh, you should have known this or known that. And one of the things I learned from Byron Katie, this is one of my favorite perspectives is we only have this moment. There really is no past and there really is no future. There's just this moment there's here right now. And what will we do with this moment that we have right here, right now? And there's only that which we can control. We often worry about what other people do or what is left of the universe to do. And we're concerned about all these things. We're living other people's lives. Oh, they should do this. They should do that. I wish they treated me better this way. Or I wish it wouldn't snow or rain or these calamities or things that happen. And really there's only the wherewithal that we have, the, the ability to navigate our own lives. And so I think that helps me personally stay present in the, in that awareness and the only thing I would say to my younger self is if you could just be more present with who you really actually are, and then out of that inner space, let that thing and that person emerge. And so in my life coaching, I will just often, it's, and it's just so simple. And I'm sure you all do this in your spiritual directions. If just people can get in touch with their own selves, that's the space of magic. That's the power and the beauty right there. It's just beginning to listen to themselves for the first time. And what do I hope to do in the future? I hope to listen to myself today and then take Martha Beck uses the term. No, maybe it's Glenna Doyle will say, just do the next right thing. And, and, and Martha Beck talks about just one degree turns. How can we make just one degree turns today toward the future that we envision, toward the thing that we most yearn for? And I love that word yearning. What do you ultimately yearn for and how can you what does it look like for you to align your life just a little bit more today with that inner yearning, that thing that you know that, and going back to the sort of the masculine and feminine, again, not forgive me for existing too much in a binary, but I think sometimes that drivenness can, at least as I look back in my own life, can cloud our ability to just be able to ask that question. And so stopping and David White book, you're going, shit, I don't actually want to be doing this with my life. And it can be really scary or some of the the women that I'll coach are spent their lives helping other people and put their needs last at the very bottom and start to listen to their own hearts for the first time and care for themselves. So 
just that space of presence and listening right here, right now in this moment, and then navigating our way forward the best we can, making little one, one degree turns in the right direction. Ryan, I assume that there's a way if people wanted to check out more of your stuff or get in contact with you in any way, a website or some way that people can be in touch with you. Yeah, it's a kind of a humble website, but it's just the ryanbowers.com. So I wasn't sure that I loved just the website after my name. It feels very egoic, but it was handy. So ryanbowers.com just offers a little bit of an insight of some of the stuff that I do, organizational consulting or life coaching or I'm also a personal trainer, in fitness when I was young and then got recertified this last year. Yeah, I'd love to be in touch with folks and have conversations. Thank you so much, Ryan. This has been so helpful. And I, just mostly, we loved hearing your story, hearing how you have navigated life and how self-care has been evident in your practices. So thank you so much. Yeah, it's a real pleasure being with you all for sure. Cheers. And now is the part of the podcast where we talk about what we are into. So what are we into this week? At the moment, I am into getting ready for a kind of music theater production, which I think at the time that this airs, it will happen that weekend. So right now I'm in the throes of memorizing lines, which means that when I wake my children up, I wake them up with monologues so that I get extra practice. <laughs> that is what I am into. Nice. It is the new year as we are recording this. And so New Year, new journals. I am a journaler, and so I am into really diving into a new journal. There's something about that crisp opening up the fresh spaces with a nice pen and pouring my heart out on the page. So that is what I am into. Very nice. I guess going along with new journals, uh, Christina actually gave me a new fountain pen for Christmas. And so I, I love writing with my new fountain pen. And I'm not really a journal person. I don't really connect that way, but I've been experimenting more because of my new pen with writing down some thoughts and ideas. And so it's a nice lamey fountain pen that I am into. Thank you so much for joining us. It was good to be with you. See you again soon. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week. Mm -hmm.